here. And it lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Always appreciate your time and efforts to see what we have going on each week and throughout the week. A quick shout out to a few different provinces we're in across Canada. We've got a couple stations here in Alberta. We're in Waterloo, Ontario, and also in New Brunswick. So thanks so much for your support. Thanks for being here and checking out the show. And if you're listening through podcasting, we've got fans and listeners all over the world. We can't thank you enough. Now, today we have a different type of format coming at you. Now, sometimes I think we've been doing this for, I've been doing it on air well over five years, and it's always exciting. We have so many great guests that have come on in the past, and every once in a while I think, you know, it would be nice if we could share those shows again in a different way, in a different format. Now, today I'm going to focus on stress. I love talking about stress. I feel that so many different avenues of wellness begin at reducing stress. And I had a couple fantastic guests come on in the past, and I wanted to bring them back. I wanted to share those shows with you, take out some snippets, and give you a chance to listen to it and understand again how important stress is. So the first interview you're going to hear is from Dr. Sarah McCauley. And he's been all over the place. He's, he's a fantastic guy. He offers great tips. And he's been all over the map. He's been on the good, he's been on Good Morning America, The Morning Show, Daily Motion, O'Reilly Interview. I mean, he's been all over the place. And he has, again, he has such quality information. His, he wrote the book, The Stress Solution. I absolutely love this book. There's so many takeaways. And he's also wrote some other ones. So we're going to bring that to you first. After that, we're going to have Rick Titan coming on the show. Now, Rick Titan, he's a big name in the wrestling industry, the wrestling field. He's going to talk about stress, his experiences, you know, traveling, dealing in a very stressful lifestyle, all the ups and downs he went through. And then he's going to give you some tips. You know, he has he wrote written a couple books. One of them is Wrestling with Consciousness. The other one is Kick the Crap Out of Your Stress. And he has a different approach and I really like the way he handles stress and teaches. You know, he's his background is he studied for four years under Tibetan Buddhist monks. He talks about guided meditation, the power of self, all kinds of different tips again. So I hope you like this different format. We've got these two guests coming at you on this show right here. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Sarah McCauley. Well, thank you, Drew, for inviting me. My pleasure. So today we're going to be talking about the stress solution. Now, I'm super excited about this topic and book because I love to talk about stress. I think we have so many stress issues in today's day and age. I want to ask you about yourself, Dr. Sarah McCauley, before we get into the topic of stress so our audience has a better chance to understand who you are. How did you get into stress and what does your background look like getting into what you do now? I've been in clinical practice for over 35 years, Drew. I worked, I was a a chief psychologist in a hospital for 25 years. I've been on the faculty of Harvard Medical School and 
I've always had a holistic approach to helping people. I, I had an alternative medicine center actually within a hospital. It was the first one in Massachusetts some years ago. So my approach has always been to look at a person holistically, comprehensively. We also examine exercise, nutrition, sleep habits, and check their cholesterol, blood pressure, and so forth. So I look at a person as a whole to try to understand what's impeding them reaching their potential. So I've been in practice a long time, and recently, why did I write the book on stress? Well, it, the word is used so often in our culture today, and so many, so very many people, healthy people, talk about stress and the pace of our society and not being able to live that balanced life, not being able to maintain exercise, nutrition, not, not getting enough sleep. I mean, basically, we, we work too long, we sleep too little, we love with half a heart, and then we, we wonder why we're stressed and unhappy. So I decided to combine my work in empathy. I wrote a book some years ago called The Power of Empathy, and I decided to combine my work with empathy and cognitive behavioral therapy and, and really address this issue of stress, which evidently has become epidemic in our society right now. What book is this? I know you also have a book on performance addiction. Yes, I have a, a book on performance addiction. Actually, there's a chapter on performance addiction in this book, and the book before that was The Power of Empathy. Right. That was uh, some years ago. Okay. I want to ask you about performance addiction. That's one of the things that, that st stood out to me in this particular book, The Stress Solution. Tell me about what uh, performance addiction is and, and give our, our listeners a chance to understand more about that. Well, performance addiction is the belief that perfecting appearance and achieving status will secure love and respect. And it's an irrational belief system that is begun early in life through early conditioning, and then it's reinforced by our culture. And performance addicts, uh, unfortunately, have come to believe that achievement is the way to gain love and respect from others. And they're very misguided in that regard because, oh, you're only as good as yesterday's home run from that point of view. An achievement in and of itself is not going to bring you love, strong friendships, and strong relationships. So when people don't feel good enough for who they are, they start to believe that it, if they can become more, if they look better, if they achieve more, if they have more status, we're a very status-oriented society at this point. So when you have hurts early in life that were never resolved, and you're a very capable person, it's very easy to start believing that achievement will bring you what you've always longed for. And many people don't realize what they're longing for is love and respect, connection with other human beings. Now, what's the difference between performance addiction and maybe an overachiever or someone that just wants to improve where they are in life? There's actually two kinds of perfectionists. I believe that one kind is a, an overachiever who really has the ability to achieve and loves what they're doing, and they don't necessarily sacrifice their health. Performance addictions, performance addicts don't necessarily love what they're doing. They're doing it because of they're focused on the outcome. They think it's going to bring them esteem, self-worth, and the respect and love of others. So it's a very different, uh, a very different attitude in that regard. They're much more focused on the outcome than they are actually loving the process. This is David Herbita from the great state of Texas. Stay right there. We'll be right back on Exploring Mind and Body. Quick word from our sponsor, Puridime. Puridime is a plant-based digestive enzyme company. They specialize in gut health. 
So if you have any digestion issues, gas, bloating, indigestion, these are the guys you want to see. So if you head over to puridime.com slash drewtadia, this is my landing page. All you have to do is enter in the code word, my first name, D-R-E-W, for your 10% off. Once again, that's puridime.com slash drewtadia. So those that may, what would you say, suffer from performance addiction? Those that, that have this type of condition, what could they do to have a better understanding of that this is an addiction and there's other ways to achieve? Well, first of all, that's where empathy comes in because empathy allows us to understand the truth of the situation and they have to go back in time and uncover some of the hurts they experienced early in life where they came to believe in this mythical idea that performance alone will bring them what they're longing for and bring them the, the kind of self-worth they're longing for. And often it's, it, ha- it begins in, in people's families, the way they're treated or the way they have come to believe that they can win the love and approval of their parents, the significant others in their lives. So first, you have to go back and sort of uncover how this belief system began and then focus on understanding the truth of what really does bring love and respect in life. And most most often, having empathy, having compassion for other people, high interpersonal skills, and and really tend to be the, the characteristics that make us successful personally and professionally, not achievement alone. You know, even the Harvard Business Review not long ago, and I mentioned it in the book, did a study of, of who are the most successful managers and producers in the corporate world, and they concluded that it's the people with the greatest range of empathy. And the people with the greatest range of empathy are able to see beyond the surface in other people and in themselves and form deeper relationships with other people. So performance addicts, number one, have to uncover how they came to learn this, they came to learn this idea about obtaining respect in the first place. And then what is the truth about how you gain it in life? And the truth is having high interpersonal skills, having a high empathic range. And then people take to you. People want to be with people who know how to listen and respond respectfully and tactfully in interactions. Now, if someone were to go back and look at some of their past, some of their history with their family relationships, how would they go and uncover this belief system or find out what belief system they've, they've started with and likely carried into adulthood? Performance addicts usually grow up in homes, and I think it's quite common in our society. You know, I have a quiz in the book, the Performance Addiction Quiz, and most people score in the moderate to severe range who have taken it. And I think because most people are grow- most kids are growing up now spending far less time with their parents. And they're, they're in numerous activities. I was interviewing a doctor this morning doing a consultation with her and she has her son in this advanced tennis camp. He's taking, uh, he's studying piano with uh, a known pianist in the Boston area. He's also in an elite soccer camp and the young child is only nine years old and he is in these programs five days a week and all day Saturday in the morning with soccer and in the afternoon with tennis. That mother and father are so pressured with their kids trying to, you know, they really want them to achieve on such a high level that I'm sure these kids have come to believe that they're not loved for who they are. They're loved exclusively for what they can do and the kind of image that they can give their parents. You know, a lot of parents live through their children and really can be very counterproductive and it can, can and it can create performance addicts really kids that believe they can perfect their way into happiness 
And do you see performance addiction from those that may not be in athletics or extracurricular? Or is that more? Oh, oh yes. I see a lot of people in the corporate world who are performance addicts. And, and because of that, they're highly stressed. As you know, when we're highly stressed, and because performance addicts are always comparing and contrasting themselves to other people on, on an hourly basis, and they do the same with people they're married to or close to. And because of that, they're, they're, they're stressed on a daily hourly level. And they produce the stress hormone cortisol. And cortisol really limits our ability to think creatively. I mean, it causes negative thinking. It causes anxiety, weight gain, inflammation, hair loss. It breaks down muscle tissue. And it really, and it also causes memory loss. And it can, if you're experiencing stress on a consistent level, produce depression. So it's a very uh, negative hormone that we can produce if we're stressed on a daily level. And performance addicts, I mean, they have trouble calming themselves. They have, they, I always say that they, they don't tend to have a dimmer switch. They don't know how to turn the dial down. So they have trouble sleeping. They're worried about tomorrow's performance consistently. And because of that, they're producing these stress hormones on an ongoing basis, and it really limits their creativity and ability. And obviously affects their competency as well. So if someone were were to develop performance addiction at a younger age, and let's say they're an adult now, and they look back and they uncover this belief system that they need to always be performing or achieving, is that how they would progress and better able to handle stress at a later age? I think people who are very driven, and certainly performance addicts are very driven, but in our society, people are very driven in, in general right now. I mean, 75% of visits to primary care physicians last year were due to stress. 50% of adults said that they wake up during the night due to stress. 75% of adults say that they experience stress on a daily level, either physically or emotionally. So even if you're not a performance addict, the population itself is suffering from stress. And, and not knowing what to do, really not understanding what's causing it and why they're so driven to try to make things better with, without realizing that the way to make things better is being able to slow down. And empathy is the one capacity that we're born with. It teaches us to slow down and understand ourselves and other people more truthfully and realistically. It teaches us to see beyond the surface of people and interactions. And when we don't slow down, when we're moving very fast, we miss many cues. We don't know how to listen. We don't interact very well. That's why I have a chapter in the book on empathic listening. Because people who listen, we're listening and we're in empathic interchanges with other people. We produce the hormone oxytocin, which is the connecting hormone, you know, the love hormone. It, it actually contributes to us living longer reduces cortisol levels, it reduces the tendency to have addictions, and it increases empathy and generosity. So oxytocin is the opposite of cortisol, and it's produced when we're calmer, when we're listening and entering into the world of another. So there's where empathy allows us to slow down. Empathy is very focused on facts, understanding the truth, and it, it doesn't happen if we move in quickly. That's why I, differ- I differentiate in the book empathy from sympathy. You know, sympathy rushes in very quickly to console where empathy takes its time to understand the facts of a situation and doesn't conclude anything until we actually know what the objective truth is. All right, don't go anywhere. We got tons of more information coming up on Exploring Mind and Body. 
I want to take a moment to tell you about Detoxify Yourself. Now, Detoxify Yourself is really a personal story that I put together in a book for my clients and family and those interested in how I teach to live a healthy lifestyle. I had no idea it would become a bestseller in a major city, Calgary, Alberta, where I grew up. I was on Global News, and I want to share more about it with you right now. So Detoxify Yourself talks about the main food substances that I choose to avoid, which is no gluten, dairy, soy, or GMOs. So this is a 30-day meal plan that avoids all those substances. It also talks about the toxins not only we put in our body, but we put on our body as well and the toxins we surround ourselves with like a toxic environment. So if you want more details about Detoxify Yourself, if you want to kickstart on how to avoid these toxic substances, I have all the recipes laid out for you. I have all the information. It's very simple and easy to follow. So head over to trueformlife.com for more details. All right, so we have Rick Titan on with us today on Exploring Mind and Body. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Rick. Thanks so much. It's great to be here, Drew. So today we're going to talk about how to crush your stress. Now, this is a topic I very much enjoy talking about. In fact, I feel like stress, you know, is such a major concern in today's day and age that if we could reduce the stress, we could significantly improve our health. Why did you choose stress as a topic that you focus on? Well, 15 years ago, I just finished my career as a professional wrestler, and that was stressful because there's no take two in wrestling. Also being on the road all the time, having injuries all the time, and then contracts running up. Just never knew where you stood, and I was constantly stressed out. And even after the career was over, just you know, kind of getting back into normal life, working normal jobs, I was still wired all the time. I was still super stressed. And it was probably because of 10 years of conditioning. So that's something to take a look at, you know, your environment and how you're brought up, if your parents are stressed out or not. And uh, the third thing would be, pinpointing what that stress is. Some of us can say it's one thing, it's our job, maybe it's your spouse, but it can be kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back after a while where a whole bunch of little things get to you. But if you can get into a state, a relaxed state, I love meditation myself, but even just to sit down and contemplate a bit and try and figure out what the main thing is or at least pick them apart one at a time, almost like dissecting something, you know, and then you can figure out what that stress point is. It makes it a lot easier to have that awareness. And as we know, awareness is key. All right. So before we get into, we dive into stress specifically, let's talk about your background a bit. You seem to have an interesting background from learning from monks to a wrestling career. Let's start off with wrestling. Tell me what that was like and how that related to stress a little bit more than what you previously mentioned. In the very beginning, the first thing you learn is how to fall safely. And if you don't know how to fall or if you don't know how to take certain roles, you can get hurt automatically. So there's a lot of stress in that. Performance anxiety. For me, the bigger the crowd, the better it was. But I once wrestled in front of 50,000 people. That was a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> and I've done a little bit of acting, too. you know. And if you screw it up, you can take another take after take. And with live wrestling, you can't. And Bret Hart, a friend of mine once called it choreographed suicide. He uh, he said he forgot to duck an elbow from Dino Bravo or didn't hear him say, I think it was duck the clothesline actually, and he caught him right in the nose and cracked him wide open. And uh, it's, it's bizarre. Just being in there, the pressure of live performance, especially when it comes to you could get hurt, injured. I actually cracked my C5, C6 vertebrae in the ring. 
So what was that like? That must have been stressful on its own. How long did it take you to recover? Well, uh, I had one more wrestling tour in Japan to do, and so I had it just coincided with three months off. and And I went to the doctors. He did an X ray, got an MRI done. They couldn't see anything wrong, and uh, I just knew there was something really wrong. I had a concussion, probably the first concussion of my life. It just, you know, once you're starting to do things and, you know, you don't really have the tools anymore, I was getting pretty broken down physically, couldn't turn my head really left or right. And uh, I, I knew it was coming to an end. So that part was really stressful, too, something I've been doing for 10 years and I poured my heart and soul into. And then it was all over suddenly. Of course, the finances come with that, too. And that's stressful. How are you able to move on from, we know what you do now, we'll talk about that some more, but how are you able to transition from knowing what you know as a professional athlete to moving forward in life? I think that's so difficult for athletes. You know, you have your identity, you have what you do, and then you retire, you're injured, then you have to get to the next level. What was that like for you? Yeah, that's actually a chapter in my book, Wrestling with Consciousness. It's just job identification. We get so caught up in what we do. I did real estate for a few years, so I considered myself a realtor. And that job, you're nine to nine, seven days a week as a new a newbie realtor. And you really do get caught up in what you do, and you kind of forget who you are. And that part of the kind of identity clinging, you think that's the core of your being at the time, or I did anyway, and I know a lot of other people do then when that's lost, it's like you've lost yourself. But if you do a practice of, of finding your core regularly, for me, I knew that it had to be just plain Rick afterwards and really dig around and find out who I was. And I started reading a lot of Eastern philosophies and, and studying personal development shortly after that. I just sort of instinctively knew that that's what I needed to pay attention to in order to get out of my funk. I want to take a moment to tell you about Complete Truth Protein. Now, Complete Truth Protein is a whole food supplement. This means it's made with whole foods, being quinoa and hemp hearts. Many times when we look at conventional supplements, our body has a difficult time absorbing, digesting, and utilizing all the nutrients, which is why I always prefer and suggest whole foods. So if you look at Complete Truth Protein, it's it's a plant-based product. It's gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free and GMO-free. It's also a raw product. So we're looking at all kinds of ways to improve your health that's going to be easy to utilize, digest, and absorb, and more than anything, burn off as energy. The very first thing customers tell us is they can't believe how much more energy they have from adding Complete Truth Protein to their smoothies. So head over to hempy.ca slash ctp. Now, if you want 15% off, all you have to do is enter an EMB in the discount code. Hempy.ca slash CTP. What was it like living with monks? How did you make that decision and what does it look like? I mean, I suppose it's based around your lifestyle and reducing stress, but tell me more about that. That's quite interesting to me. Well, I actually went to a center called Exhobia Buddhist Center, so I didn't live with them, but I was there three days a week for about three hours at a time for four years. I learned a lot about myself. I learned, you know, from growing up and being very competitive and always being in sports and then getting into professional wrestling, which we know the results are predetermined, but you always want to look really good in there. And the top guys are always trying to kick the lower guys off the ladder for fear of taking this spot. And, you know, sometimes bravery is actually just fear. It's funny how you start to understand these psychological things a little bit more. I started to learn more about compassion and about dropping self-cherishing is the term that he used, my teacher, and uh, cherishing others more. 
And once I started to figure that out and, and looked at helping others rather than just, you know, performing for them or I was even a bouncer for a few years in, in the interim in there. And it was always against others. And once I found about, you know, in the yoga philosophy, you'll see that too, just to serve, totally turned my life around. What did you do for the three hours a day, three times a week? Seems like a long time <laughs> to me anyways. Yeah, I know. We had a book that was about as thick as an encyclopedia to study. And uh, I gave it to my girlfriend the other day. I said, just pick a page in the middle and just read it to me. And she's into Reiki. She's a Reiki master and, and, and massage therapy as well and all kinds of different practices, numerology and angel cards. And she read it and she said, well, I think this one part out of a book five uh, means this. And I said, well, it kind of means that, but I, I think they're trying to kind of get at the opposite. Let me explain it to you. And so that's what we would do. We'd sit down with the monk. His name was Punsog. And uh, his name means spiritual gathering of people. And we'd sit down with him, and he would explain and tell us what the Tibetan and the Sanskrit words meant and how our society, in a sense, is kind of backwards. You know, we do things so competitively, so head-buttingly, and we're always looking over our shoulder and, and uh, competing with the Joneses. And there's just really no competition in it. It's just, you know, really loving other people and love in an unconditional, altruistic kind of a way. And I don't think that as children or, or teens or even as adults a lot of times that we're taught to love other people in an altruistic way. And once I saw that and felt that and, and felt that sense from him and in that room with the others, it shifts you. Why did you stop going to this monastery? Monastery, is that correct? Uh, yeah, you can call it that. It wasn't like a big building or anything. It was more of a center, but they're all considered monasteries, I suppose. Um I, I felt like I'd learned enough. At one point, he, and I was studying a bunch of other things too. I was studying Taoism and Hinduism and yoga, yoga philosophies, meaning the eight limbs of yoga, which isn't necessarily the exercise. All the, the asanas, the exercise are a great part of it. They're only one of the eight limbs. So there are seven other big philosophies that people are missing in modern day yoga. I just felt like I wanted to, to share some of it, but I also knew that the demographic of it was pretty narrow where their classrooms weren't very big. The people were very, very dedicated. There was a lot of bowing and prostrating and, and chanting. And I knew it wasn't for the masses. And I wanted to, as I studied more on personal development and coaching, I wanted to get the information out, but I knew they wouldn't accept it as it was sent there. I knew I needed to drift away from that information just a bit because it was it's really hard to comprehend. And I always said that, you know, when we were reading that book for the first, let's say, power of each class when I first started, it was like mentally trying to scramble up a mountain in Banff or something like that. And, and it was all shale and you're just trying to keep up and you get this pounding headache after the first hour of two and a half, three hours, but you just push yourself through it. And most people aren't ready to sit down and do that kind of learning. So I thought I'd step free of it for a little while and, and implement those kinds of strategies in a more simplistic way. Like I've got a let go acronym for learning how to detach from things, Buddhist detachment. I've got the stress acronym. I've got the anger acronym that help people stop getting angry. And it's a, it's a simple process and it's pretty cool. What what is can I ask what the book is? Is that a open to the public? It is. You used to be able to get it in chapters. It was called the Joyful Path of Good Fortune. So very Tibetan. Now you talked about discovering your stress. Now I, I know I, I love this topic because mm. I think many times we're stressed out. We have no idea. Well, first of all, we have no idea we're stressed out. It just becomes normal, and then we have no yeah. idea. So how do we discover the stress that's weighing us down? 
Well, part of it is people can take up a very simple meditation. I know there are millions out there on the internet right now, or you can go to a studio nearby uh, to get a basic meditation, to kind of tune in, to get centered. And then when you can get tuned in and centered, now a lot of people can do that just by sitting down. My father doesn't meditate, but he's a very contemplative guy. And I think there's a certain breathing level. You know, when you start breathing, you start to change the physiology of and oxygenate the blood. And then in the brain, you oxygenate the blood in the brain as well. Some people do walking meditations. Uh, I prefer seated because then I'm, I'm totally non-distracted. But, uh, you know, so you oxygenate the blood in the brain and that gets going. What happens is scientists have shown that we go from what's called beta brainwave level, which is what we have right now as you're speaking, to a deeper level and it becomes alpha brainwave level. So once you get into there or even just a fully relaxed state, then you can start to see things that you don't normally see. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sticking around till the end. If you want to go back and check out these full episodes from each one of them, just head over to exploringmindandbody.com. In the search bar, you can type in the stress solution for Dr. Sarah McCauley. And for Rick Titan, you can type in his name or you can type in Crush Stress with Rick Titan. So once again, thank you so much for being here. If you want to check out more details at trueformlife.com, we have a free 10-day fitness challenge. So we send out a brand new workout each day. Workouts take 20 minutes or less, and there's no equipment required. So that's a great way to get yourself boosted in the right direction. Nice little jump start if you want to get going on a fitness program or start to live a healthier lifestyle. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.